I'll let him tell us where we're up to, but why don't I pray for you, Timmy? Yeah, Holy Spirit, I thank you for um, Timmy, for this man of God, and I thank you for the work that you've been doing in him as he's been preparing to bring your word to us this morning. Would you fill him even now as he speaks to us, Holy Spirit? Yeah, would you anoint him, we pray, and would you give him the words to say, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Go for it. One, two. Ah. Good morning, Shadwell. Oh, you look quiet. Good morning, Shadwell. Yes, good morning. Uh, my name's Timmy, um, and they've let me out of the drum cage today, which is quite nice. Um, I'm one of your two church warders here. I've been here for over eight years now, and it's great to be with you again this morning. Um, could we give it up for the band? Like, I quite. I quite gladly would have just let them carry on and just do like a praise service. It was, it was brilliant, so thank God for that. But I do have the privilege of bringing the next installment in our series, which is titled... Which is titled... Right, it's going to be a very interactive talk today, so wake up. Um, but yeah, we're looking at the many reasons why we should be sharing the good news as believers and telling those around us about uh, the salvation of Jesus. You know, Gareth kicked us off a couple of weeks ago um, with a great reminder that we're called to go out and tell the story of hope to all people, you know, and we should find opportunities to share the redemption story um, and make disciples along the way. And last week, Abby invited us to go further into God's mission you know, starting with being restored to right relationship with him. Uh, we're then called to be a voice in the wilderness uh, and face up to the uncomfortable truths that come with this message of repentance and forgiveness that sometimes we need to change or those around us might need change as well. And speaking of change, there has been a lot of change since I was last up here. Um, I mean, the weather, for one, it's two degrees outside this morning. Where last time I was here in July, it was 40 degrees, and we were wondering which country we actually live in. Uh, so that's been quite interesting. It's also great to see the chairs going all the way to the back pillars. Really full in here, so amazing. I would also encourage, if you are wanting a change of scenery, um, the gallery is also open. Uh, so do feel free to sit upstairs some Sundays. You get a different view and perspective. Everything looks quite um, different from up on high. Um, and And... You know, change is something that can either come slowly and progressively or can come quite instantly. Uh, like those days we wake up and it's just snowed overnight and it's white outside and everything comes to a standstill because we're never ready for the snow, even though we know it's coming at some point in the year. You know, the changing of seasons can impact us as individuals as well. You know, those longer, darker, well, shorter, darker days or, or, you know, the slippery surfaces outside. We really have to adjust sometimes and go with the flow. But I also have good news, which is that Jesus brings transformation. Jesus brings change as well. And it is far more permanent than the 36 hours of snow that we get once or twice a year. So I'd like Carla to come up and, and give us our reading, which is very much about this transformation. And it comes from Mark chapter 5. Morning, guys. 
Um, okay, this is from Mark 5, uh, verse 1 to 20. So, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one can bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want from me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs were feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down to the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened of the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Amen. Thanks, Carl. Wow, what a passage. Living in a tomb, demons into a herd of pigs, a transformed individual sharing the good news. There is a lot to unpack there. Uh, but to help those of you diligently taking notes, I'm going to hit you with five key points. And I encourage you to take notes because, as I always say, it's an unproven fact that taking notes in church helps you get into heaven quicker. So, <laughs> just, saying, just saying. But point one, Jesus is the greatest transformer. Not Optimus Prime, not Bumblebee, not Megatron, not any of the other guys in those 20 plus Transformers films they've managed to make. Jesus is the greatest transformer to ever live. He really suffered. He really was buried. He died and was buried in a tomb. And then he really rose again. He really came back to life to live amongst his disciples for a time before ascending into heaven. That is transformation goals. In Acts chapter 1, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So remember for a moment the Jesus that we saw in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, he was suffering. He was in agony. He was sweating blood and asking God to take this load off of him. You know, the Jesus we saw on the cross was a broken man suffering unimaginable pain. 
You know, I don't know if, has anyone watched The Passion of the Christ before? You know, I love to watch that film, usually around Easter, because it's an incredible reminder of the torture that Jesus went through on his way to the cross, on the cross, and all for us. And his final words, it is finished, as he faded away. But that was actually just the end of one scene in his transformation story, the greatest transformation ever seen. Because the next time we see Jesus in the Gospels, he's alive. He's completed the mission. He stands victorious and whole, and he's actually speaking to Mary Magdalene and asking her why she's crying. The suffering Jesus went through transformed him into the triumphant king of heaven, defeating death and the grave in the process. And that transformation that he lived out uh, was just the continuation of the work that he had been doing in many, many others during his ministry on the earth. We know that from Luke chapter 8, the same Mary Magdalene was delivered of seven demons when she met him. We know that shady characters like Zacchaeus, the tax collector, saw their lives changed after meeting Jesus even one time. And regular fishermen, just standard guys, became big preachers of the gospel after being trained up as disciples under Jesus. And we'll dig deeper into how they all then tell of their transformation. But remember that here and now in today's world, we hear stories all over the globe of transformation happening. Here in our very city, we know of families being restored, of addictions broken, of lives being changed by the healing power of Jesus. He was and is the greatest transformer. But one key thing that was consistent between the disciples, between Mary Magdalene, and indeed this man that we read about from the tombs, was that they were 100% committed to their transformation. And so point two is that transformation and compartmentalization are incompatible. How's that for a Sunday tongue twister? Can you repeat? Transformation and compartmentalization are incompatible. Let's get this out of the way early doors. For transformation to stick... We all have to let Jesus into every part of our lives. There is no such thing as a 50-50 Christian. You know, Jesus doesn't want to be your distant pen pal who you check in with every now and then. He wants to be your nearest and dearest friend because he knows that's how he brings change. That's how he brings healing. He himself prayed to his father, not my will, but yours be done. I want to be how you want me to be. And I believe the challenge for us in this year 2023 as you know fellow christians with so much vying for our attention from demanding jobs to to distracting devices we we really are called to admit and accept that we can't be half we can't be in one camp or in the other you know i've tried it myself i've tried to be in the world but but only slightly of the world and you know i'm here on sunday and i'm you know i'm with the guys at the weekend or on friday saturday night But then I remember, oh yeah, I also need to tell them about Jesus. I also need to tell them about this savior that I've met. But it just doesn't work because they don't see transformation in me. They didn't see transformation in me. I'm telling them about Sunday worship and the great time we have on a Sunday in church. But they're remembering what we were up to on Saturday night. And it doesn't quite marry up or add up. We really have to understand that compartmentalizing our faith doesn't bring transformation. It has to be all in. 
Paul laid it out clearly in Colossians 3. In chapter 3, we read that since then, you have been raised with Christ, that is to say, born again with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, heavenly things, because where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And then in verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. If we allow this to truly be the case, we cannot help but to tell our story because it comes through in everything. It transcends every aspect of our lives. If someone is asking why you're always cheerful all the time, you know, then you're suddenly very happy. It's not just because Arsenal are top of the league. Come on, you gunners. I'll see you in the back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's because you now have the joy of the spirit in your life. You know, when you're seeming really calm and there's a new sense of chill about you, it's not just because you switched off your notifications. It's because the peace of God that passes all understanding is now in your life. It's the presence of God that brings that life transformation. Now, I'm going to need a couple of volunteers for my next point. So, is there anyone around who loves their Apple Watch? Has an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, any of those wearables? Yeah, yeah, come on, Essie. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, and then anyone else who has a ring doorbell that they swear by? They think is the best thing since sliced bread. Who has a ring? Yeah, come on. Come, 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 come. Right. Essie, up here, up here. Oh, standing at the front. Okay, tell us a little bit about your Apple Watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why do you like it? What, what's good about it? It's my life partner. <laughs> I just like manages my fitness. I have notifications turned off to be fair, you'd be proud. And it tracks my fitness on my calendar, on my cards are on here, on my boarding passes. That's it. That's that's strong. Thank you, SA. Thank you. <laughs> I'll come to you. Right, tell us about your ring doorbell. I love it. <laughs> How come? Uh, I can see who I want to let in my house or answer my door to. And I can definitely see who I don't want to answer my door to or I don't want to speak to. So it's been good? It's very good. Brilliant. Thank you. So two interesting examples there where they were both very happy and eager to talk about how their tech has changed their lives. Did you say it's my life partner? <laughs> Do you know what? That actually went better than I thought it might. Thank you. <laughs> because <laughs> cause point three, when transformation comes, you can't keep quiet. When things change, we just can't keep quiet about it. You know, if we read from verse 18 of, of the passage that we saw in Mark chapter 5, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So he literally went straight away and was telling this good news. But I actually find it mesmerizing how multi-layered the Bible can be. 
You know, there are a lot of things that we don't notice at first. If we actually look back at verse 11, um, 11 to 13, we read that Jesus allowed the demons to leave the man and go into a herd of pigs, driving the man, sending them into the lake. Tragic. But even the fact that Jesus was hanging around pigs, which were normally unclean to the Jewish people, to his, you know, his um, religion and faith, it tells us that where he was in the Gerasenes was not his usual surrounds. He had gone away to be with uh, Gentiles or non-Jews as they were known. Now these are people who had little or no understanding of the concept of a Messiah, of a savior coming to save the world. So they really weren't expecting much from this random guy who had come across the water. But Jesus was bringing transformation beyond the confines of culture or religion or, or past history. He was reaching out to all takers. So let me encourage you to not let any barriers stand in your way of sharing the good news. You know, reach out to that man on the street corner. Talk to your Muslim neighbor who, who wonders why you're different. Speak to your, <laughs> your friend who's a Labour or Tory voter and you're going to have a bit of tension over the next couple of years. We are in increasingly divisive times, but we're all called to touch everyone around us with the good news of transformation, just as Jesus did. And then we look at verse 20. Uh, any Greek scholars in the room? Can anyone tell us what decapolis might mean? Oh, wow, you're active today. <laughs> Ten cities. Wow, thank you very much. That's pretty good. So if you read it again with that in the context. So the man went away and began to tell in the ten cities how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. All the people in ten cities. Can you imagine how many hundreds and thousands of people this one formerly crazy man was managing to reach just to tell of what Jesus had done? What an amazing witness he was uh, talking and telling people and then letting them make their minds up. But at least he was making sure that he shared uh, what a connection to Jesus had done for him. Another example we have is actually coming up next week. So apologies, Philippa. Slight spoiler alert. Uh, in John chapter 4, a Samaritan woman with a difficult love life finds that she is also impacted by just one meeting with Jesus. She goes back to her town and everyone seeing the change and the switch in her come to faith just by her witnessing to them. Both of these examples show that Jesus can have a profound life-transforming impact. Notably, when there is no compartmentalization which leads us to naturally share with others. And I'm not going to stand here and challenge you to reach hundreds and thousands of people. A bit tricky. But I will challenge you to write a list. Write a list of just 10 people. Family members, colleagues, friends, neighbors, people you come in contact with. Pray for them. Pray for transformation in their lives. Just 10. Um, there's, a, there's a famous preacher, D.L. Moody, who I read about recently. He had a list of 100 people in his shirt pocket, jacket pocket, every day that he prayed for without fail. And at his death, it was actually reported that 96 of the 100 had come to faith. He had a 96% success rate. He smashed it. And then actually, at his funeral, as I understand it, the four people who then heard his testimony of his life at his funeral also came to faith, taking it to the full 100 that does reserve a round of applause. 
And, and it's really interesting. There's a similar story on the Bible app this morning on the verse of the day. So if you get the time, go and, go and have a look at the verse of the day video this morning. Um, because just hearing about the good news or even just being prayed for for transformation can have an impact. You know, it's often said that when we pray, coincidences happen. But when we don't, they don't. So I encourage you to at least create space for God to move and create those coincidences in people's lives. If I could ask the band to come up as I, as I get to my last couple of points. But point four, when we're doing this, it's probably best that we recommend God, then recommend the gym. Slightly cheeky, but you'll get what I mean. Uh, in verse 16, those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Right, so Jesus has done this amazing transformation. Delivered the man from demons. Sent pigs down a hill. And kind of understandably, people were freaked out. And they didn't actually want to engage with him much more beyond that. Or maybe they were comfortable with their lives. They were comfortable with where they were at in life. And you know everything was honky-dory, so why would I want change? And I understand how us experiencing that kind of rejection, if we are trying to tell, can have an impact on how we continue to tell or not tell others about God as a solution for what's going on. You know, when needed, I can be super quick to suggest other things. You know, how, how's your diet? Are you drinking enough water? You know, are you going to the gym? Or maybe you need to get out a bit more, you know, go, go to the gallery or, or go to the theater. Just don't get ticket recommendations from Gareth or you'll be sat at the back somewhere you won't be able to see he, he really struggles with booking theater tickets it's not the best thing but but maybe we could listen to that still small voice that is sometimes telling us that, that what someone needs to hear is about the God option you know Jesus loves you I'm praying for you or, or God is in control those small little phrases could be all that someone needs to hear in a difficult moment. But at the same time, you know, I'm not suggesting that we ignore the other solutions. Sometimes you really do need to go to the gym. Or perhaps we need therapy or need counseling to help us through the difficult times, to help us to heal hurt, past, un past hurt and trauma that hasn't been resolved. You know, there are some excellent Christian therapists and counselors, even in this very church, who I know do amazing work, especially over the last three years of COVID and loneliness and difficulty that many of us have seen. Their contribution to keeping us as close to an even keel as possible uh, should never be underappreciated. Unsung heroes helping us to maintain our health, especially our mental health. But these aren't mutually exclusive. God is big enough to work at the same time as everything else to help us and those around us with our transformation. And it's worth noting that even though some of our biblical examples were quite major, demons being cast out and, and all sorts going on, that doesn't have to be the case. And so finally, point five. Transformation can be major or minor. It's all good. Now, many of you know me. I'm normally a pretty chilled out guy, easy going, unless I'm driving along and you try to cut me off as we're going into the Rotherhithe Tunnel 
and I'm then left fuming behind you at 19 miles an hour all the way through. And we get to the other end and I whiz past around just to show you that I was meant to be in front. Pray for me. I'm working on it. I'm being transformed very slowly. Uh, But that, that temper and impatience that I'm asking Jesus to work on in me, to be replaced with peace and meekness, you know, is not just for being in the car, but how I deal with everyone, how I interact with people in every part of daily life. I need to show them God's peace as part of my witness. Then there's my dad. Now, he came to faith in his early 20s. And at that point, it it changed how he lived his life. He didn't want to go out to the same places. He changed his lifestyle. Um, And instead, he wanted to tell everyone possible about the life-changing power of Jesus. And so he did. Everywhere. All the time. Like, he's one of those believers who you meet him, and within five minutes, you know that Jesus loves you. In case you didn't know. And that's great. It's It's a great transformation unless you're his 10-year-old son. And all you want to do is get in and out of Safeway as quickly as possible so you can get home to play your ISS 98 on your N64. If you know, you know. But as a transformation, it meant that he needed to touch the security guard. He needed to speak to the woman in the bread aisle. He needed to preach to the cashier at the checkout because he just couldn't hold it inside how much Jesus had changed him and could change them. And one of the amazing people we've met on Alpha told us how they grew up in a difficult family. Not much love shown. Then their siblings and parents grew distant. Always in conflict, lots of hurt and unforgiveness between them. They found themselves addicted to alcohol, living in desperate situations and ending up in prison hurt, angry. And then one Sunday after being released, they found their way into a church. They were prayed for. It was like for the first time their heart melted and they felt the love of Jesus in their lives. They went back to make peace with their family, to to ask for forgiveness and offer their own forgiveness. And their life started to change and they got on the straight and narrow and made sure that they were trying to only draw closer to Jesus in obedience to God's word. That is major. That is what we can help bring to pass. And I know that that life of obedience is what God wants for us. A bit similar to what King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. What a loving promise that is. Everyone around us needs love to bring transformation. So let's show them and tell them of the love of Jesus, the love of God the Father. I would love to to get the prayer ministry team up because I really feel like we need maximum time today. So so if there's anyone here who, who, you know, is looking for transformation or praying for transformation in someone else's life, do come up under the gallery to my left, your right. Our prayer warriors are ready to come alongside you in whatever battle you're facing. There is nothing in our lives too big for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to transform. Jesus is the great transformer. And that challenges us that transformation and compartmentalization are incompatible. Because when transformation comes, you can't keep quiet. 
So recommend God, then recommend the gym. And remember that transformation can be major or minor, but it's all good. It comes naturally then for us to tell the world and encourage others with our testimonies of God's faithfulness. So be confident, be uncompromising, let your light shine, and let's show that Jesus is the great transformer. Amen? Come on, why don't we stand? We're going to worship our...